continuing in a series of homilies on the life of Abram and Sarai. Homilies entitled, Blessed to be a Blessing. We come now to Genesis 12, beginning at verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to reside there as an alien, for the famine was severe in the land. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know well that you are a woman beautiful in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared on your account. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. When the officials of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, he dealt well with Abram. And he had sheep and oxen, male donkeys, male and female slaves, female donkeys and camels. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this that you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here's your wife. Take her and be gone. And Pharaoh gave his men orders concerning him, and they set him on the way with his wife and all that he had. The word of the Lord. Again, O oh God, we've gathered here to place our lives in front of your word, asking that your spirit would make it come alive in the darkest corners of our hearts. We ask it in the Savior's name, the word made flesh. Amen. Abram and Sarai were in Haran when the Lord called Abram and said, Go to the land that I will show you, and I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. So Abram and Sarai began the journey of faith, and they came to Canaan. And the Lord said, this is the place that I will give to your offspring. So they must have thought that they were at the right place. Abraham built an altar and had a little worship of celebration. But they were not in Canaan for long before a famine took over the land. Have you ever got your life to the place that you were sure was the right place, only to discover a famine? You were positive that God had called you into this relationship, or to this school, or, or to your ministry, or your mission. And you're not there for long before you find that your soul is starving. And you wonder, is this really the right place? Is this the place God wants me to be? How could this possibly be the promised land? You never want to confuse the promised land with paradise. The promised land is the place where you're supposed to be a blessing. And your blessing is that you get to be a blessing to others. Paradise the place where Adam and Eve freely ate of almost all the fruit in the garden, paradise is lost. 
just because you're in the right place, that doesn't mean that you're not going to get hungry. We were created hungry. We wake up every morning confronted by appetite once again, and we hunger not just for food, but we hunger for intimacy, for meaning and purpose in our work. We hunger for success in our endeavors. And we are never full for long. That's going to be true no matter what place you are at. Well, in response to the famine in Canaan, Abraham takes his family to Egypt. It's significant that the text does not condemn him for this. Sometimes, along the way in life, you you have to make changes. Detours inevitably come up in the journey. Inevitably. Have you ever had your life just right? Wonderful friends who loved you and were always available to you whenever you wanted them. You were healthy, your family relationships were good, you enjoyed your work, you had plenty of money. Take a photograph. (laughs) Because you're going to want to remember this later. Life will inevitably blow a whistle and say, all right, everybody out of the pool, and people start changing left and right. (laughs) Abraham was never called to settle down. He was called to journey with God and to be a blessing along the way. Now, the mistakes, the grave mistakes, came not because he went to Egypt, but because he started making plans out of his anxiety when he got there. About the time he got to Egypt, he said to his 65-year-old wife, you are beautiful, (laughs) and they're going to kill me and take you. So he came up with a plan. His plan was to say, she's my sister. Unbelievable. (laughs) We always make the worst plans when we are afraid. Sure enough, once they arrived in Egypt, everyone said that she is beautiful. Word came to Pharaoh, and he took her as his wife and gave her brother, Abraham, a tremendous amount of wealth. This torqued the Lord quite a bit. (laughs) And great plagues came upon the household of Pharaoh. Remember, Abraham was blessed to be a blessing to the families of the earth. How is Abraham a blessing in Egypt? He's not a blessing to Pharaoh, who is plagued by problems because of Abram's deceit. He's certainly not a blessing to his own wife, who he uses in a horrible way to protect himself and to gain substantive wealth. No, Abram's not a blessing here. He's a curse. And that's because he made choices out of anxiety. There are so many reasons for anxiety along the journey in life, none greater than when we become afraid that we have lost clarity about the journey's direction. We say to ourselves, how did I get to this place? How did I get to Egypt? This isn't the right place. How do I get, how did I get to a place of loneliness or of hurt? How do I get to a place where there's so much financial struggle 
How do I get to a place where I'm not succeeding in my endeavors? How do I get on this detour? I'm not even sure that God is still with me. I have no clarity. The Jesuit ethicist John Cavanaugh tells the story of the time that he took a three-month sabbatical from his work to go to Calcutta to work with Mother Teresa. It was a pilgrimage for him, for he was in search of clarity for how he would spend the rest of his life. After he arrived, Mother Teresa asked him, how may I pray for you? And so he gave her the request that he had traveled thousands and thousands of miles to make. He said, pray that I have clarity. She said, I will not pray for that. Clarity is the last thing you are clinging to, and you have to let go of that as well. Kavanaugh responded, but Mother Teresa, you seem to always have clarity about your mission. And she laughed and said, I have never had clarity. What I've had is trust. I will pray that you will trust God. Jesus never gave clarity to his disciples. They were not clear about where they were going. They were not clear about how they would be taken care of along the way. They weren't even clear about who Jesus was or what he was saying half the time. For the disciples and later the apostles, it's all journey, all detours, all the time. That's how they learned faith along the way. It does not matter if you're in what you think is the right place or the strange place in life. It does not matter if it's a time of plenty or a time of want. There is always a warehouse of anxieties nearby. And as soon as you get one resolved, another will take its place. That anxiety creates a choice for you. If you want, you can succumb to it and start making really bad choices that will plague you and those around you. Or you can choose to see that God is still with you, even on the detours. You can choose to believe that all the roads belong to God and you are not going to wander away from God's sovereign care for you. The Savior is always nearby. You can choose to see that. That's what we call faith. Faith would be meaningless if you had clarity all the time. In whatever place you are learning faith, Well, that's always the right place. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.